presents Vampire the Masquerade Hellfire Nights Welcome back to another episode of The Bardic College Presents Vampire the Masquerade's Hellfire Nights. I'm Raz, and I'll be your storyteller, and we're joined by only three members of the team this evening because they have decided to scatter some staying in the British Islands, uh, which we'll be dealing with tonight, and the rest are abroad in Europe. Uh, by the time you've heard this, you've already know what happened with Evelyn Wolf. Uh, we still have to find out what's going on with dear Simona uh, as she meets with her sire bastion somewhere in italy but tonight we're going to be dealing with our three locals uh and by locals like i said the british isles and we're going to start off with dr jackal and uh doctor when we last left you agnes had had a little bit of a um a moment she had uh, kind of started to go a little crazy and get a how should we put it a little weird i guess would be <laughs> say it that is a word she, for it yeah she uh started to exhibit um some behaviors that you had never witnessed before uh in in her in the way she did things and um it, it, i'm sure it was somewhat unsettling and unnerving but it's also interesting because you had your own moment after uh feeding you also had a, a situation where uh you know things did not always appear normal or cognizant because of the the situation that Dr. Jackal has when he feeds. So we're going to pick it up. You were able to get back to the, the low, the locale where you've been holding out. And um, Agnes is there and you know, it's, it's very late in the evening. It's, it's almost early as they would like to say. And she's, she's kind of pacing um, walking around in this abandoned, you know, farmhouse. And, uh, she she just turns to you and and this is where we're going to start. So she turns to you and she says, "It happened again, Horatio. It, it um, it happened again, and we. I don't think we can stay here much longer." Yes, well, I I do believe we made a little too much of a ruckus in town this evening, my dear, and that maybe we should relocate. But what do we do with her? Well, I mean, we got her here, and uh, she, I, maybe not in an ideal way, but she did wake up and say something tonight. I chalk that up as progress. Uh, maybe not the progress we were hoping for, but, uh, well, uh, Miss Mitzi is here, and, uh, you know, dear old Kush, we, we did kind of discuss some options with him, but he is here, and I suppose uh, we could also maybe transport her back to London and... Uh... No, no. No? No, no. No, this is... She makes her way into the kitchen and she starts rummaging through drawers that are, for the most part, empty. Um, brackets and, and cabinets that are broken, uh, hanging with the doors hanging ajar, glass that used to fill some of the cabinets in are smashed. She's She's just looking for anything and she... Finally, she flips over one of the table chairs um, 
that are, you know, are old even by this standard. And she smashes the leg off and she takes the heft of wood and looks at you and she goes, no, it, it, it must be done now. We can't, we can't keep going like this, Horatio. She'll, she'll destroy me. She'll destroy us all. We have to, we have to make, we have to make this right. We never should have, I never should have listened to her. I, I, I knew this was going to happen and I, I came back for you, beloved one, but she must be silenced. She must be silenced once and for all. I am going to uh, grab Agnes by the shoulders and give her a little, a little shake, like the little old get a hold of yourself woman kind of uh, shake. Agnes, my dear, there's, that would only get us into more trouble than what I am about to propose. Let us leave. Let us just go. Let's go to Paris and leave this all behind us. I, I cannot condone what you are suggesting. I, I understand why you are saying it and why you feel that this is our only course of action, but, well... Sometimes the nobler part of bravery is knowing when to run away from your problems. If she fully awakens, she will want all of her children to attend her. She will want all of us at her side. And then the madness will become truly great. Horatio, there will be no vision besides her vision. There will be no voice besides her voice. There will be only her hunger. We have to stop this. She's tried to do this before. I cannot allow it. She says, just go. You go back to London. Wait for me there. I will I will convince Mitzi. We will take care of this ourselves. You do not have to be here for this. You're you're too young to be a part of this anyway. Just go. Go home. I would like to try and roll something real quick. Sure. Maybe I'm thinking in D D terms, like what insight might be. Like wits, maybe, perception. Yeah, wits. Uh, perception's usually spotting things that are happening. Uh, if you're looking for facial expressions, she looks wackadoo. Uh, if you're looking for something like out of the ordinary, or yeah, that would wits would be probably usable. You can use that one. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll some wits because I feel like she's obviously serious. She's obviously distressed, but I don't know how much of this is her distress, if that makes sense. Yep. So let me roll these three dice. Two critical fails and a regular fail. So I I, I got nothing. Yeah. She um, looks at you with pleading eyes and try and says to you, "This is this is not the first time she's she's done this to us, to to the children of Malkov. She's done this before, Horatio. It's why I had to go. It's why it was important for me to step away." And then. Her voice became less than a whisper, and 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 Mitzi was able to control herself and and work work with that presence. But she's obviously not going to stay asleep much longer. This these are the signs. This is the reveal. This is the time. And and with this party looming, and with with the Hellfire Club closing, she's going to want to be there. And to be there, she, she said it tasted like ash in her mouth. Do you know what that means? Do you have any idea what that means? She looks absolutely frantic as if she came running into your room and said there's someone in my closet i saw the man he was wearing a you know a freaky mask he had a black robe on he had a knife and you know almost like scream right and then but there's nobody there that's what you keep trying to tell you can't convince her right now that this isn't real okay um so because i i just 
completely got destroyed on that role. Uh, well, my love, I trust you. I believe you implicitly, and I have never been given reason to doubt your word. If you wish me to return to London, I shall reluctantly do so. If you feel that Morgaze has become a threat to you, well, that leaves me with only one course of action, and he'll pick up, like, the rest of that chair and just, like, that scene in um, uh, The Avengers where Steve just tears the log in half that's what he's going to do to the chair to like make another couple of stakes oh. <laughs> yeah. no worries um yeah so you you do that and you see her smile um she says you you did very well against elijah you you were you know uh, as i was leaving i saw that you were stronger and 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 better than i ever anticipated you could have done you you did very well but this is not elijah this is Marquise. You, she will push us. She will bend us. She will do terrible things. I don't, you can't be here for this part. You have to go. You have to go for, for, for all of our safeties. I, I, I will summon some of the other elders. I will call out to, to those who can help us, but we can't feed her anymore. We can't keep this up. We have to stop her from, from her power growing. She will, she is the mind that bends. She is the rabbit hole, Horatio. She will, She'll destroy us. We have to do this. So please let us get you back on a train tomorrow evening. And Mitzi and I will we'll start we'll start making the arrangements to put an end to this and make us all safe. As always, my dear, I shall defer to your knowledge. I, it pains me to not be here in your time of need, but I also would not want to be a hindrance to you either. So I, I shall abide by your wishes. And internally, he's just thinking, oh, dear, what am I going to tell Ashenbrenner? <laughs> well, that the Malkavs don't want their, you know, their eldest at the party, that they really would prefer her not to be there. Yeah, um, no, he's going to have to find a new plus one. It's going to be and there's awkward. All, yeah. yeah, there's all kinds of shit going on there. Um, so the two of you, you, you um, she she takes the thing out of the stake out of your hand, which is odd because she was, it seemed like she was ready to go right then, right? Like she was... She made she broke the chair to indicate that it's time to do this, and now she's kind of slowing down, um, and saying it's okay to wait another day, you know, another evening. We'll wait till tomorrow night. Uh, she does. You do have the train schedule from when you caught a train out here, uh, a rough schedule of when things move around in from Wales and and back towards the city, uh, back towards London. So you can you know you make reference to that, and then the two of you, unless you have any other plans for the evening, um, pretty much spend the rest of the you know what's left of, of dusk and, and, and twi- you know, the nighttime, just preparing yourselves for, for sleep. Yeah. I would be like, you know, petting her head and trying to like comfort her in whatever awkward Victorian way one does. Like, tut, 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 tut. Yeah, I, I would have thought it was sitting by the fire, packing a tobacco in a pipe and just like, dr- just scowling. <laughs> Possibly. <laughs> well, don't you feel better now? I've had a pipe. <laughs> yeah. So, um, <laughs> The uh, the rest of the the day by, goes by uneventful. You you wake in uh, as normal the next evening. She's there, um, and Mitzi is standing over her and, and over the two of you where you where you slept probably in like some sort of a root cellar or something to keep you know as much sunlight out as possible. Um, and Mitzi kind of you know has this just expression on her face, and and 
it's it's beyond you know it doesn't it doesn't scream anger it just screams disappointment the way you look at her <laughs> and, she, and she's standing there and and she's got a hatchet in her hand and she just looks at agnes and says why why can't you just stop you've done this before sister you are unable to control yourself and now I'm going to have to help you get control. Um, hmm. Is she looking menacing with this hatchet or just conversational and, oh, it must be Tuesday because Mitzi has her hatchet? Um, she looks... Has she brandished it? No. Is it in her hand and does her, does her demeanor look purposeful? Yes. Okay. She has a purpose. Uh, so as I'm rubbing the grave dirt out of my eyes as I wake up, as I imagine mm-hmm. the vampires get the little eye crud too. I would um, think. Good, good evening, Ms. Mitzi. What are you doing here? Doctor. Years ago, Morgay's attempted to rouse from her slumber. And Agnes was blessed to be the chosen one that she would speak through. And it seems that every time our ancient vampire reaches out to Agnes, Agnes can't seem to keep herself together and starts to spouse off the most terrible things and having the most terrible thoughts. Thoughts like running away or harming an ancient one let it not feeding her properly, keeping her from awakening from her torpor. And fortunately, I'm here to set this right and stop the nonsense and shenanigans. It's got to stop Agnes. She, you look over at her, Horatio, and she looks fearful. Uh, Miss Mitzi, I'm sure that you've got a very even hand to apply to most situations. Uh, however, I believe some time away may do Agnes well. You see, she's feeling out of sorts, as you say, and uh, this country air is disagreeing with her. I, that's my opinion anyway, and I, well, I am a doctor, so I would hope that would carry some weight. Um... As far as uh, this hatchet is concerned, uh, if you needed firewood for something, you you could have asked Kush. I hear he's quite skilled at chopping logs. Uh, Like just trying to diffuse the situation and change the topic in any way that I can. Of course. Um, She kind of looks over at you for a moment. She says, she walks up and she gets probably about a foot and a half from you. Uh, unless you're not going to allow that. So, I mean, she doesn't, uh, she's not approaching with venom um, or malice, but she's moseying towards you. She's kind of sauntering in. I have no reason not to allow it. Okay. So, yeah. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll let that go for now. She looks you dead in the, the eyes and she says, And do you hear it? Do you feel the need to run, Horatio? Do you feel the need? To not obey? When the call comes, are you resistant to it? 
being so new, I wonder how it affects you. Not many new ones are embraced so close to her. Well, Ms. Mitzi, I'm sure you are well aware of my ever-undying devotion to my dear beloved Agnes. Whatever she feels is best, I will most certainly agree with until I have been given very strong evidence to do otherwise. It's not really what I asked, though, is it? Do you hear the voice? I don't know. Do I hear the voice? No. Um, hmm. Not that you're aware of. Yeah, so, unless it's doing something else to you and you're not aware of it. I'm turning me into whoever I eat. Um, <laughs> That's your own damn problem. Okay. Um, That's your fault, goddammit. That was you. Miss <laughs> Missy, if you are asking if I hear any additional voices inside my head, I uh, must say that as of late, no, I can't say that I have. Uh, there was that one time in the in the crypts when our dear Ms. Morgays uh, gave me that missive about London being in terrible danger, which I greatly appreciated, by the way. Uh, however, I've not heard her since, as far as I can re- uh, recall. You, you feel a breeze. Um, and you're not sure where it's coming from. It's, it's almost like, um, yeah, just like a soft autumn breeze. It's cool air. Uh, it kind of wafts over you for a moment. It, it it actually is enough where it kind of flutters, you know, the, the side of the, the pork chops on the side of your face a little bit uh, just for a moment. And on that on that breeze, on that wind. You hear. Horatio. And Mitzi looks at you and, and she's kind of starts to smile and she says. Are you hearing it now? Are you Horatio? And she kind of gets giddy. And um, Horatio's eyes, like he looks around the room, not moving his head, just his eyes kind of dart around. Okay. Yes, apparently so. That's interesting. I need to document this. Oh, damn it all. We're in the middle of a conversation. I must remember to write this down later. Agnes screams, leave him alone. He's not yours. He's not, that's not the way this works. Stop it. Stop it. (coughs) And Mitzi just keeps looking into your eyes. She's like, do you want to hear more? You do, don't you? I mean, think about it. The power, the strength. Think what could happen to the city of London if she were just given a chance to awaken fully. I like London. That's where I live. It's where I've always lived. It's where I keep my stuff. (laughs) All of my stuff is in London. All my beakers and tubes. Um, That's like the tick. That's where I keep my stuff. Exactly. (laughs) Um, When you put it that way, Miss Mitzi, I don't know that I necessarily want to hear anymore. That, That does not sound like a jolly good time, as the youth are saying. Oh. She looks over at at Agnes. Very well. The two of you are free to go. Leave Wales. Today. Tonight. Be on the train. 
heading back to London. I'll take care of this myself. You don't have to dirty your hands, or... But it will be remembered. She kind of stopped short with saying or. Like, she did. She caught herself. She goes, but this will be remembered. She has a long memory, Agnes. And she turns and starts to walk out. I am going to start gathering up our things. Whatever, whatever little bit of luggage we have down in this root cellar. Um, yes, well, thank, thank you, Ms. Mitzi. I, uh, I suppose we'll see you around. Come on, Agnes. It is time to go. <laughs> time to go, dear. <laughs> yes. Grab, grab your little hat. I know you. This, yes, this, grab the black one. I know they're all black, but grab the black little hat and it's time to go. <laughs> um. Agnes kind of Agnes gets up. She's more than prepared to leave. It's it, you can see that she is in every bit of as, as much of a hurry as you feel now that there is a necessity to do. Um, you know, it, as we said, it had been several weeks, and this uh, Morgay's uh, her her strength and her psyche does wear Agnes down. Uh, she's very susceptible to the call, and but she's also right now cogn- cognizant enough of what the dangers are that it's, you know, she needs to protect her. There's a reason, but she also doesn't want her ever to awaken. Not like this, not it, not to this extent. Um, and she's happy to be gone. Once you're safely on the train, um, you know, every, you buy tickets and you make like an, an 11 o'clock, 11 p.m., which will put you back in London sometime, you know, before the sun's up. You'll make it back with just about an hour to spare or so. Okay. Uh yeah, you'll have, I mean, close, but you can always jump off a train, your vampires, and find a place to hide if you had to. Mm. Um, but uh, she's sitting there with you, and, she, you know, you have the car at this time of an evening. A late, late running train like that really wouldn't have that many passengers. I was going to say, this is like the equivalent of, like, a red-eye flight. Basically. Yeah, it would, it would have maybe 30 people on the whole train and, like, maybe four cars total. So you're sitting somewhat by yourselves. And uh, she says, we're going to have to face a very serious and difficult decision soon. Beloved, we're going to have to decide whether or not we allow we allow Mitzi to complete Morghese's awakening and, and help and watch. She will come back. I mean, Mitzi is absolutely hell-bent on making sure that, that, that Morghese comes and, and rises from, from her slumber and should that happen, it would be too late. We we have to speak to the others. We have to come to a decision and and decide whether or not we we do something so horrible and barbaric. It's it's almost too difficult to think of. But she's she seems to be calming down every mile the train drives, and she seems to be talking more rationally and not as hyper reactive and hyper affected. Like she's definitely getting uh, you're getting the sense that um she's becoming more of the agnes that you've been around not that she's not quirky not that she's not a little she has her own maladies and 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 you know phobias and problems but these are more things that you've come to be adjusted to over the last couple years uh when you were first her ghoul and now her her childer this feels like more of agnes okay so uh, horatio is going to take her hand in his and say now my dear i am still very new to all of this 
So please humor me if what I'm about to say is completely out of sorts with how things are done. But I feel if this is as big of a potential problem as you say, and as much as Mitzi alluded to with things being done to the city, do you feel it pertinent or wise even to inform Fraser of these events? Or would that be taking things a step too far? Oh. I mean, London could be in danger if if she fully came back. She, this is... She's from the, the, the era of Londinium. I mean, she does feel that that is her stomping ground, her home. But what do we say to... I mean, to include the prince, to invite that kind of... Again, he just got done punishing Toreadors. Could you imagine if we told him a a crazed, starving vampire is about to awaken and, and come haunting his districts. I can only imagine what he would do to the rest of our family. I, I don't know if it's something we want to bring up to the prince and the rest of the primogen at this point. So you want to keep this in, in the family, then? You feel that there may be other members of the Malkavian clan who feel similarly to the way that you do? If I tell them that she's going to eat us, I think they'll agree with me. That's what she'll do, Horatio. That's why the blood that we're trying to give her <coughs> has already turned to ash. She needs us. She'll feed on us. Yes, well, in that case, I believe at least informing the other members of the clan uh, is not untoward. Uh, do you feel... That you are, you've been away for a few years, my dear. Do you feel that there is enough knowledge that you possess of the current roster of our family that you will be able to divulge such sensitive matters to people who will not, well, turn around and run straight to Mitzi with that information? There are signs that I can use around the city. Oh, I'm, you may have heard of them. Some people call them hobo signs or... Um, the fractured brotherhood. There's, there are ways of getting messages to our people. Your goose, for instance, mm, yes, out quite. the back door. Yeah, we, we have a, a a quiet communication method that I would be able to bring people to us. I, unfortunately, it may also draw some of Mitzi's loyal loyalists. But I, I, and there are those who, in their madness, may think this is a good thing. And there are some Malcaps who are so cursed, my beloved, that they may feel they may think that feeding an elder and having their blood pulse, pulse uh, course through its body would be a wonderful way to die. I don't know, but I feel we at least have to share the knowledge and tell them what's possibly, what could occur. Yes, well, my dear, I shall, as always, defer to your wishes. Your wish is my command, as uh, the saying goes. So if this is what you feel to be the best course of action, then I shall endeavor to make it the best outcome of this course as could possibly be done. Excellent. Okay, so we're going to pause there with Doctor for a moment. They're on the train back. <clears throat> Ashenbrenner, how are you this evening? I'm good. Hello. Your girlfriend's Hello. trying to fuck up London, dog. <laughs> I've, oh, I've tried I love the not to. I've tried not to uh, to dip in. Um, it sounds like things are. are I'm just gonna. I'm, I'm gonna make all this up. Everything sounds awesome from everyone. I'm How's sure everybody everything doing? Good. Is awesome and great. great. Yeah. 
Dave and Buster's baby. <laughs> D and B. All right. So uh, as you remember, when we left off, you had witnessed the the murder, the hanging. Uh, you actually got there late, but you witnessed Mar- Maurice Balderstrad hung uh, from his church steeple. Uh, so- several messages were pinned to him as well, uh, or a message, right? I will never dance for evil again, that kind of thing. And yeah. um, then I believe you went, we're heading back to your workshop. Is that correct? Yeah, I feel like, you know what it is? I was thinking about this. I feel like, <clears throat> like you're at home. And you're like, oh man, I want, I want a tombstone pizza with pepperoni. And you go out to get it, and you got to go out of your way because it's not at the corner bodega or the other corner bodega. You got to like travel. You get there, and it's just not there. And like that walk home is how I feel. It's oh, like, goddamn. So so yeah, not fuming, more just grumbling, right? Curmudgeonly, yeah. All right, so you head back to the studio. Uh, the things that were simmering are simmering. The things that were perking are perking, um, which I believe there is a difference. A simmer is a slow roll boil and a perk is a pop, right? Um, I but so. Yeah, <laughs> so all of you, everything is in place. Everything's where it was. Um, some of your creations and sketches are mumbling or you know asking for, for, for food or drink or whatever you give them to sustain them during this period of time. But uh, you've got all that going on. And... <clears throat> You get back, I believe it was around 2 a.m. Because I think you found him just a little after midnight. And uh, so you get back to your to your studio around 2 a.m. And yeah, everything appears to be normal. Everything's intact. Is there anything you were looking to do specifically uh, inside the studio? Um, I guess I'll just keep working on it. Because that clearly someone is trying to poke me. Uh-huh. But it's also like... Like... I'm 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 in no mood for shenanigans, you know. It's like I've got work to do. You killed my meat pig. I'm trying to think if there was like anything I've ever left there, but I've never left anything aside from you know fear. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, traces of fear, and it's kind of just like goddamn. So like next time I'm, I feel like I'm I'm I bump into the group. I might be like, someone killed my meat pig, and like nothing about it feels very magely. Mm, right true. yep like it doesn't seem very magic so i can't misconstrue this as a uh as a tevy spotting or some sort of relationship with that um it doesn't uh, it yeah it doesn't look like magic was used maybe so sure. much to do the damage uh it doesn't mean that it couldn't have been done by human hands who had ties to mages but yes, okay. I see what your point is. Yeah, this doesn't look like a spell was in or a song was sung that forced Maurice to go up and dangle himself off the, the steeple. Exactly. Like as yeah. far as I know, um, right? You know, the mages don't know who I am. You know, they don't know that I'm coming. Or they know of me, but I don't know if they know that I'm coming after Tevi. Okay. Um, yeah. Because I'm not leaving a whole lot of mages alive once I, you know, have a conversation with them. No, no, you've been quite thorough in that part of the. I'm nothing your... if not thorough. Listen, this is this is the some of the reasons that we've been getting the comments we get about Ashen Brenner. Thorough has come up. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've I've got. <laughs> um, just as a as a side note, and I'll edit this part out. But we have one of our Cthulhu and Cairo players who actually plays the um, plays Sid Poulter, uh, the mustachioed you know Sid Poulter. Actually, he listens to a lot of podcasts, 
and he is constantly trying to get the other the other people in, that aren't part of the show already to listen and other friends because he thinks <laughs> Hellfire Nights is his best is the best show we do. And um, he loves Dr. Jackal loves all, he likes the characters, but he says, I never vibed so much with somebody as Ashen Brenner when I'm in my darkest moods. I said, oh, that's good. <laughs> so that was fun. Um, Excellent. Yeah. He's like, oh, there are so many times when he just says something. and I'm like, oh, yes, just take it. So that was pretty fun. Um, so a shout out to Sid. Uh, Ashen Brenner. So you're 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 messing around. It's now about two thirty quarter to three in, 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 in the morning. So it, it is getting a little bit on, you know, hours are coming by. You, you probably at some point have looked inside a small black box that you keep near you that, and checked on Elijah's pinky. It's still there. Uh, you still, you still have the, you still have the pinky and the signet ring. So, you know, everything, everything's golden right now. And, okay. um, one I'm, of the, I guess I'm just kind of hyper aware right now. Like yeah. I know about what I was doing, but you know, just maybe, I don't know. Keep keep all specs kind of like passively on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Just stuff like that. Yeah. So why don't you go ahead and give me a perception roll? Okay. Because in Hellfire Nights, we're nothing if not ready to drop the hammer on people. Oh, absolutely. Okay. Okay. We got a three, a seven, a ten, and a two. You hear the sound of metal sliding behind you like behind me behind me inside my place behind me yeah i'll I'll grab the nearest corrosive liquid in a vial and and you know whirl to face this sound maker one of the sketches somehow opened their cage and is standing there oh boy and looks at you panicked and, and starts to back away it's a young man, mid twenties. Okay, um, I'll turn on a little presence and point to the cage and say, "Return." All right, go ahead and give me a roll. <laughs> okay. uh, yeah, I'll just I'll just use one to get him back in place. Okay, so you're just using awe, just trying to put him into like you're so powerful, you do you should be screwed with. Yeah. All right, charisma and acting, difficulty seven. And acting, I don't have acting on this sheet. Okay, what so else that's would that the older be? one. Performance? Uh, perfor- yes, performance center acting, yep. Performance, okay, there we are. Okay, so that is five. Okay. Ugh, all these shenanigans. <laughs> all right, a five, two tens, a three, and a two. Okay, so he's. You said back, correct? Return. Oh, return. Okay, yeah. better. So he's. He kind of starts moving towards the 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 jail again, towards the 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 small cell that you you've used for this particular piece that you're going to be working on. You can call it a kennel. A kennel. You know, call, yeah, that's call, probably call a kennel. A kennel. Yeah. Call a kennel. A kennel. All right. So he's going towards the iron banded kennel, <laughs> and. Uh, as as he does so, you hear glass break. Where's the glass breaking? Behind you, motherfucker. Okay, um, I'm gonna move forward, just kind of push him into the crate, and then spin around so I can look at this new fucking thing that I got to deal with. It's just a broken vial. Just fell. Just fell. Mm-hmm. 
God damn it. Okay. Um, I'm going to put him in the thing and, and just start double checking locks. Okay. One of them is open, but you, his? no, another, but another you, one. you reseal okay. it. Yeah. Okay. And if I have any extra, I don't know, chains or steel pegs, I would like to reinforce what I can. Okay. Yeah. yeah you're able to make, I mean, this takes some time, you know, going around checking the, the five or six sketches in here and then, you know, you're like you said, you're super hyper alert. So every noise, every rat, every scurry yeah. is starting to you're starting to be like, what, what, what? You know, it, it's just starting to to eat at you a little bit as to these strange goings on here. So but yeah, the rest of the evening uh, in, into, you know, an hour or so before before the sun comes up, you're you're perfectly fine. Is there any sort of a cult thing I can, you know, look up or roll? To see if I'm being fucked with, or is this just coincidentally two of my locks are broken and a and a vial just happened to tumble out of the air? Uh, you can go ahead and make a um, intel and occult roll, or wits and occult, whatever's better. And then you, again, you're going to need this is a little bit of a harder call because sure. I'm not sure you've ever dealt um, in some of the things that may be going on. So yeah. we'll we'll need sevens, and you're going to need like uh, give me two successes and we can say you fa- you're figuring something out. Okay. Holy fuck. Seven, 10, five, five, nine, 10. If you need screenshots, please no. let me know. Cause I don't believe this, but yeah. Okay, cool. Listen, it's, <laughs> if you these listen are all to the any- unimportant roles, so what am I thinking? Yeah, of course these are going to be great. It's like, yeah, you find a dancing mouse. It's like, okay, later someone shoots at you. All ones. Your, your, your shit becomes sentient and chokes you to death and you get shot. So yeah, these are the ones that are unimportant. I shouldn't be too surprised. Awesome. Well, if, if anybody listens to any of our other shows, they realize by now, yeah, dice happen. Yeah. Um, we just get choked out. So you you feel the pressure in the room changing. Mm-hmm. You feel the that the ambiance the 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 space is heavy hmm. now this might be far too advanced for me but uh something the equivalent of smudging the area just something like a basic you know gtfo spell or just some sort of i don't know precaution i probably can't use holy water but some sort of that would be bad yeah, so, some sort of warding. Is there anything I can do to get rid of this? Because if not, my next stop is is to try and get in touch with Rosamond. And- right. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, you you can do the things that you know. Um, I don't have you know in your studies because you have dealt dabbled in art that you know I'm sure pulls some things from the occult or the arcane yeah. uh, throughout your ages to make it look more, you know. Ju- you know, gr- graphic or or detailed in a religious theme, but on an you know an anti religious theme or whatever you've done, you probably well, so had some I do dealings. Now have a three in a cult, so right. my so, time yeah. spent was focusing on that just in case it comes in handy. So if sure. there's anything I might know with a three, yeah, sure, go ahead. Um, make me an occult roll. Give me the three. Um, okay. and it's also manipulation usually. Okay, occult manipulation. Let's see. I think I have really good manipulation. Three plus ah, nice. Okay, seven. All right. This is just straight sixes. 
I'm using all my good rolls for like the next <laughs> 40 games I play. So you've you run over to some some cabinet you have or a trunk or something and you're you know, you've pulled out some candles. You, I don't know, would you also don your cloak at this point? This is anything that would help. Yeah. Okay, so you you also don your cloak in case you, I need to get out of there quickly for some reason, yeah. <laughs> and you light the candles and you make your your obeisance to the to the four points or five, five pointed star, or whatever, whichever form form you know form of magic that you've been studying. Whatever uh, works, baby. Exactly. <laughs> and the candles the candles go down, and you don't feel the pressure release. Uh, you don't feel as if anything has made the room less ominous but mm. nothing else has happened um nothing else is is occurred and you don't sense you know the noises there's no noise it it, it literally feels to say the room is spiritually cleansed or or calm no maybe not maybe you're still you're still on heightened alert but you're not getting the sense that that you're you're also being affected anymore like if that okay. gives you an understanding Sure. Okay. So um, at some point, I'll probably just call out to the air. Oh, you spectral separating anus, come forth or stop fucking with me. I don't have time for this. Describe to me now, Paul, the the, yeah. the workshop. Um, the one that, that Evelyn had offered you was an old part of a warehouse. Yeah, that's um, where I am now. Okay, so... Give me an overall what you what Ashen Brenner has done to the place. How does what has he done to make it um, a place where he can work and be safe? Tell me, tell me the the idea of the area. I think we ended up going with one main entrance and exit, right? Because um, I do like the idea that like that is the one place I have to guard. Mm -hmm. um, I think there was some sort of like a getaway hatch in the ceiling, just in case. But it's uh, maybe just. Only I can get it. Only I can get in and out of it. It's tricky, or maybe right. it's hidden. Um, if we want to say it's a it's a large rectangle, I'd say on the we'll say the north wall uh, facing the water. Maybe that can be the entrance and exit. Um, on the left wall, or sorry, on the uh, the west wall. Let's say that's where I keep uh, all manner of supplies, chemicals, and harmful stuff are locked down, or at least harder to get to. Um, we'll say tools as well, you know, sharp, blunt, hot, cold, things like that, all types of stuff. Um, we'll say along the, uh, east wall is where I keep, uh, kennels and paddocks and stables and whatever you want to call them, boxes, you know, right. things like that. And where about where you sleep? I'd say probably, uh, against the, uh, the south wall. Okay. But in a, a box? Separate. Yeah, I mean, whatever's, you know, de rigueur. I'm not going to, you know, nothing nothing fancy. Right, okay. All right. And old warehouse, so what have you done to whatever, because they needed light, right? They they, they needed yeah. ways of keeping them illuminated, especially in the day. So they would have had some, like, iron lead windows or lead iron windows at the, very, at the higher points to kind of let sun in. What have you done with those? Um, those blackened them been, uh, blackened, you know, pitch, uh, mm -hmm. boarded them up as well. So, yeah. like, you know, double, triple duty just in case. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. All right. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, the evening, the evening, the rest of the evening goes by pretty calm. 
no other sense of anything going on. Just may, you're starting to think even that maybe the, the this pressure thing that you're feeling is just allergies. You know, your, your nerves kind yeah. of building on you because uh, there's been several odd events that have you know occurred. And like you said, you're you're already starting to think that if this goes beyond my my skills, I need Rosamond, right? Like this might be something she could help me with. So you're 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 actually already reaching out in your head as to what would be the next step should something occur. Yeah. Um, yeah. You close, you close shop for the night, whatever you do. Mm -hmm. And, um, you've only got about, you know, 20, 30 minutes, I'm sure before the sun starts to, to come up and you go over to your, to your coffin and the lid won't open. Okay. Um, I'm assuming this would be something simple. So like one, one side would be either have two or three hinges. Yes. Okay. And, uh, what is, what is normal for a vampire? Something that locks or something they can easily get in and out of? Whatever you prefer. Most things, prefer. most, I mean, in, in lore, you know, it's always, a, it doesn't yeah. lock, but in truth, would, they lock. I would want something to lock at least from the inside, you know, so okay. no one could open it without my help. Um, so somehow it is locked from the inside. Somehow it's not opening. Okay. Gotcha. I'm uh, just going to grab a chisel and a hammer and just fucking take those hinges off fucking Bob Vila style. Okay. You, uh, you work just on that rumbling for... the yeah. whole time. Fucking goddamn stupid. Yeah. Yeah. You pop hinge one, pop hinge two, crack hinge three. Um, and what is your strength? Um, at this point, I'm happy to put a dot into it because this is this is yeah uh so with a dot in it strength is now four. Oh, okay so you you, bl yeah. you burn an extra blood okay yeah. so you burn an extra blood you go to four go ahead and give me a strength roll okay Just muttering under my breath now let's see when i actually need a good roll yeah here we go uh one a nine and two twos it won't open of course not. Okay. So I guess I'll next try wedging it in between the lid and the body and kind of tap, 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 tap. Unless that's the same roll. No, it's fine. The, the lid goes flying across the room. <laughs> Doesn't break anything, just slides across the floor. <laughs> Let me guess. Coffin's, coffin's empty. Coffin's empty. Just yeah, just more muttering under my breath. Um, does does like putting my coffin in a circle of salt help anything? Is there some way it's like because I'm I'm like the sun is coming up in what do you say like 10, 15, 20 minutes at this point about ten minutes. Yeah, so at this point it's like I don't have anywhere else to go. Um, no. Yeah, so it's like, is there some way to I don't know to just if something is in there circle it in salt. Okay, you yeah. can do that. So you go ahead and you take the coffin, you lay it, you lay it down as flat as possible, you uh, throw a circle of salt around it, and you get in. Okay. And, and you're do like, I feel any discernible difference as far as the pressure goes between stepping over the circle? Um, not really. No. Cool. No. You grab the lid though, also as well, right? And you you put it in place. Yeah. Okay. You doze off. About an hour goes by. 
the lid throws back. You are dragged as if by something very strong. And you hear, (laughs) and you're being pulled across the workshop. All of your sketches are screaming at the top of their lungs and you are dragged into the center and it is just violently shaking. And you're like, it, it actually awakens you. And to wake a vampire in slumber is tough. But you sense something has gone wrong. Something terrible has happened. And when you when your eyes pop open and you feel the coffin being jerked and dragged around, almost like a scene from, because we use a lot of movie references, it feels like you're being driven around by Vin Diesel and Fast and the Furious. Like you are being ripped one way, tossed another. And it's it's this violent ride. And as you look up, you see just an outline of a, sh- a shape, a shimmer for a moment. And then it stops. And the laughter. <laughs> and we'll end it there for a moment. Okay, Rosman. You all ready? Oh, I'm, I feel like I'm Sigourney here, Weaver but what the heck? Ghostbusters 2. <laughs> the scene where the bathtub tries to eat the baby. Yeah. Next time you see me, I'm going to be very tall and shirtless. Yeah. <laughs> well, that a lot of people. <laughs> well, <laughs> Dr. Jackal just wrote, I, what am I, George R.R. R. Martin? That's not fair. <laughs> Dr. Jackal just wrote, so our listeners say how much they love Ashenbrenner. Proceeds to try and kill Ashenbrenner. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Joss Whedon. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's your favorite character? Dead. Fucking dead. <laughs> Burn him. How's your heart feel now, motherfuckers? <laughs> Everybody, anybody tugging at those strings? Um, so, Rosman, this is the, the same evening that Dr. Jackal uh, and Agnes are on their way back in the train, and Ashenbrenner has discovered the death of Maurice Baldestrad and is being... Uh, harassed in his own workspace. Um, and again, this is this is just such a poor Azurebender's workspaces keep getting messed up, but uh, at least nothing too bad got broken, only one vial. But you, your workspace has been fairly calm so far. <laughs> yeah. Happy yay. to hear it. And you've been, you've been working uh, since uh, Grimgoth had uh, had come down into the into your workshop. You've been trying to translate additional tomes uh, regarding the the workings of of deep necromancy and the darker sides of of the magics that imbue life and control of that life or unlife to the dead you you're getting a lot of mixed um information so what i'd like you to do is we're going to make a a cult Right. And intelligence roll. And we're shooting for sevens. And I need you to tell me how many of those you get because you need to start being able to fan out the f- the fluff and the folklore from what you believe to be magic or science magical or scientific uh, scientific is the wrong word. Pure arcane fact. Like what is what is a wives woman's tale? What is a an old crone's you know thing? And what is actually done by true spellcasters, Meguses, who are revealing secrets. And this is this is one of the reasons that you told Grimgorth that you needed, uh, you know, someone from that was an actual necromancer. And he suggested, you know, getting one of the Giovannis here. That's mm-hmm. happening. It's in route, but it's going to take a few, you know, some time. Uh, so right now you're still just trying to get through all this chaff and this noise that you're dealing with these spells. 
So yeah. go ahead and give me a roll. Uh, I already have it up for you. Okay. Um, I have an occult of five and an intelligence of four, so I rolled nine dice. Wow. Um, I have two nines, an eight, a ten, and then the other, like, and, oh, wait, there's one seven and the rest are below threes. But how many ones? Uh, just one one. Okay, so you still have a, a pretty good amount of successes. You're, you're clicking in very much to Romani magic. So the sources that you've been able, that have been procured for you, and we'll remind the listeners that what seems to be happening is generations, the, 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 the lower, the higher, sorry, the higher generations, meaning the younger children, because the lower your generation, the closer you are to Cain, Mm -hmm. the stronger your blood right now, the 12th and the 11th, their power has faded or is fading. Some 11s are still holding on, but not many. So over the last few months, they've seen that all the Generation 12 vampires, the, the, the most recently made, the thinnest bloods, can no longer feed, can no longer produce their teeth, have no discipline control. They are literally v- turning back into just humans that know the secret. And they're being put down. Um, the the standing order right now from the prince is anyone with that exhibits you know this kind of weakness, the elders are on the lookout, and they're supposed to put these vampires down or put them into a, a state or of torpor or arrest them and hide them you know safely so that they don't scream about the masquerade. I was a vampire. I was a bloodsucker. I can't do it. Oh my god! I want my immortality back. You know they don't want that kind of of panic. Mm-hmm. So they the Tremere believe that they may, they hope, can find the secret to dealing with some of this problem, especially if it's arcane. <clears throat> so you were set on the task of trying to look into this situation from the angle of how can we control the dead? And the Romani books of magic seem to be making more sense to you and giving a truer read of what's potentially possible. So you've already uncovered a spell that in a day's time, a night's time, you could potentially work on a, on a fresh corpse. Um, you believe that you could begin to bring animation into it. If the spell is actually genuine and, 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 and works, the only thing you would need is obviously a corpse. So that's not a problem for vampires. They can get those all day long. They can make them in two seconds. They can I could ask my them. buddy Horatio, you know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, well, Horatio's in Wales. So right now that's not going to happen. Oh, yeah. But... Well, I'm... Right. You get my point. Absolutely. <clears throat> so the Tremere, you know, Grimgorth comes down for the evening and sits there with you. And the two of you discuss this, this spell. So... That's where we're going to pick up for a moment, okay? What's the so, name of the spell, so I can have a point of reference? It's it's just called Awaken. Okay, thank you. Yeah, it's in Roma. It's in old Romani. Um, you know, you've had it translated. So upstairs, whenever a text has come in, they're using the Tremere languages and the Tremere the the Tremere's around the country to start <laughs> move down, uh, to start translating these texts for you as accurately as possible. Then they're sending them downstairs and you're going through them and and reading them. And he he comes down and he's like, 
So, Rosamond, where are we now? What have you learned this evening? Is Have we made any other progress? Other than the fact that I have found a Romani spell to possibly awaken a dead corpse? Not much else. Still? Very good. Let me see what you have. I show him my scribblings, and it's it's all written in fine hand, but at the same time, there are just random notes in the margins, and little, like, doodles, if that's appropriate word for the time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I show him my stuff, and I start, like, gesticulating and explaining, like, according to the Romani text that I have collected over the course of my studies, this appears to be the strongest connection to necromancy. And all I would need is a corpse, but the components for it, easy to obtain, but the action of it is still unclear to me. Hmm. Romanis have a specific problem for magic, for us at least. They tend to claim that their magic is imbued into the blood. Though, um... I don't know your lineage, Rosmond. Do you have any type of gypsy background or blood in you? Um, well, my family were noblemen in Queen Elizabeth's court, so I would have to say no. Hmm. This makes things difficult. And normally the Tremere are very cautious about bringing anyone who already has mystical energies to them that are not controllable through other methods we tend to take arcanists and those specializing in the spiritual in more western magics and not those of the east like the gypsy blood itself Hmm. again we are stuck with a situation where we might have something that could be valuable and we're not able to actually implement it that does appear to be the case um I would like to say that perhaps my sire had gypsy blood because he was Italian, but I don't think he was so lucky, or we were we would be so lucky to have that. But hmm. yes. Well, by the look of the spell, the components that you need are all here within the chantry. They are common items that we would even use in some of our practices of magic beyond that of the blood, the simpler tasks that we would use hemlock and you know, wolfsbane the, the odd eye of newt here and there and he chuckles, making light of the of the actual ingredients he says the only thing would be whether or not we are actually able to channel gypsy ma- Romani magic without have being part of the family I say we give it a shot, it's still worth it I am working on getting you a Giovanni vampire here by the way, who will Willingly or unwillingly, really don't care which, will give up their secrets to us so that we will be able to understand what they do to control the dead. But in the meantime, I feel that we should at least attempt to... Yes, we should at least attempt this spell. I agree wholeheartedly. And if, uh, Storyteller, were there any Romani Mm -hmm. gypsies in England ever? Oh, yeah. Or, like, um, any type of gypsy that has, like, a soft or slight relation to them? So the Rom themselves uh, were mostly in Central Europe, uh, but gypsies by this period had traveled. 
Um, as are they as common in England? No, you do have travelers. You do have the Irish traveler line, which is you know a gypsy line itself, which may work. But as far as a, a vampire in the Tremere Chantry, no, they they tended to take people that knew the the classical what we think of magic in the West, right? Um, scrying and tarot reading and uh, the ability to cast, you know, Anel Nathrak, Uthfas Spetha, the traditional Latin-based magics, right? The arcanes that we understand. So collecting um, a quasi-Romani gypsy off of the British Isles was completely out of the question. Well, finding one in in, in a few hours would probably be difficult. Uh, if you did, it would have to be like at one of the seaports, um, at one of the larger ports like Dover and stuff like that, where you might have actually been able to catch one on it working on a ship. Um, but the ROM tended to, yeah, the ROM tended to stay, you know, like Germany and what and East, not coming so much further into. Although there was gypsy stories from Spain, uh, so yeah, they probably they at least made it that far. But France, England. It, it would be a tough find. You'd have to really... It would take a few nights to find a gypsy. All right. So, I. other than that, I I would probably just say, like, it can be done quickly. And even if this test does not succeed, it will tell us something interesting. Because I have found through my studies that even the failures can tell you a great truth. I agree. Failure is how we learn. Success means that we, we've mastered a skill, perhaps, but do we really... It is the journey of mastering it that is the most important. To find out how not to do something is almost as important as finding out how. So I, I, I applaud you. They chose wisely when bringing you down here to me. Now, <clears throat> I will get you the cadaver you need, and tomorrow evening, when we reassemble, we will attempt this spell and see what we are able to do with it. Of course, Grand Magus. He makes his way back up the ladder. <clears throat> By, you know, the rest of the evening, you keep working on translations. You do keep falling back into an Egyptian uh, sort of spells and things, but you're you're just feeling that there's a lot of parable in what they say, and it's lost in the religious angles of it like the weighing of the feather against the heart um to to deem the, the the value of the souls and the and the the ba and spirit and everything it seems like whatever they did or how they did did their magic tended to be very much in the in a religious formula by priests Magic, that would be very difficult for you to try to channel. A, the language has to be in Egyptian, it appears. Like, you don't believe if you brought this into an, in a, you know, into an, a, a Latin-based language that any of it would make sense. It wouldn't arouse the proper gods. So once you start putting gods into magic and making it divine, it's a totally different type of structure. And you're just, you're like, while these guys look like they really knew they had a lot going on with it, and they understood a lot of things about body and 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 the preservation of soul and the afterlife to get this to work it would take me decades to understand i'd have to speak the language i'd have to know the customs build the masks 
set the funerary rites proper, this would not be simple. So while Egyptian sounds like the way it should go, it's just so difficult. All right. That it makes a lot of sense. And yeah, it's, it's a divine, it's a calling on the divine, right? It's a calling on, on beings of greater power. Just out of curiosity. (coughs) Um, and you may not have the answer to this question. What, era are or dynasty were they in were they old kingdom middle kingdom new kingdom like ramsey the book that you have yeah the books because if they were old and greek i would probably just throw the like throw them away like cleopatra ptolemy i wouldn't care about them because studies have would have shown me like they didn't know what the heck they were doing barely could speak egyptian anyway but if they were like middle kingdom that was the height of their like pyramid building and all that stuff. So, um, well, I rolled pretty high. You're, 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 you are fortunately looking at some books that were transcribed and, um, translated over the, over the, the, you know, the, the decades that the Tremere have been doing their thing that, you know, somebody sat down who read Egyptian, uh, and went through these. These are actually, <clears throat> I rolled high, pretty high. So, these are actually from the late middle period. So yeah, stuff that you would still deem very much at the height of their religious, you know, their religious uh, and arcane systems and, and the way they did things. All right. So I'm keeping it in the back of my brain, like as like maybe a side project, but it's, I'm never going to just toss aside something that obviously may have worked because the, their civilization lasted for thousands of years, but we will move on from this. I was just curious. That's where you'll end up. You're going to take care of that. We're going to come back to this in just a minute. Doctor, you're on the train. You do get back into town with about 90 minutes to spare before the sun is going to start peeking up over the horizon. Um, So you make your way back to whatever domicile Agnes has kept throughout the years. And, you know, with her money, she's, she's not uber rich like a Simona, but she's definitely got enough coin to keep herself, you know, with a, a safe house and places around London, two or three places just little apartments and stuff. And uh, yeah, you make it back there with, with no problem and, and you're able to, you know, bunker down for the night. Okay, great. Um, yeah. So Horatio, not knowing how good it would do or not um, after everything is like after Agnes is in and after he's in, he is going to like double bar the door and all that sort of stuff to just try and add a little bit extra because what Mitzi said is weighing on his head a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So just whatever, whatever little improvised extra door wedged up underneath the doorknob kind of nonsense he can pull off. Yeah, n- no worries. Uh, yeah, you're able to to make some sort of rudimentary, uh, you know, none shall pass type uh, <laughs> on, under the doorknob or the door hint, you know, with where the door would be accessed to keep, <clears throat> you know, or at least give you enough warning someone was coming through it to make a lot of noise. Uh, as the, if if someone with great strength probably could just bust the door down, but yeah, you 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 set it up with, for the night. And there's no issues. Right. You do dream uh, as you're, you know, as you're in your box and you've been in repose now for an hour or so, hour and a half. Um, you dream of 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 an ancient London. Uh, you believe it's London in your heart. You think it's London. Um, people, you know, the men, long haired. Uh, stout, blondes, brunettes, you know, but not not the actual kind of looks that you're used to on the faces of people from London now. 
Um, these are a stockier, stronger, um, just a different type of people. Uh, you would you would call them more of like maybe of a Germanic descent than just because remember right with with England and London. I was gonna say when you have the like Normans, Anglo-Saxon kind of. Yeah, you got that vibe going on, right? Thank you, Assassin's and, Creed. There you go. Thank you, <laughs> Assassin's Creed. And uh, you're you're just kind of in a crowd and milling, you know, milling about this <clears throat> this place. And it's it's dark. There's a giant bonfire in the center of the city. Uh, that's there, there's a, a basically it's probably like ten feet by fifteen or twenty feet at this platform made of stone, and it's just this this da- da- dais. And they've just piled these huge timbers and they are burning skyward and embers are going up into the sky and there's, there's music playing and it's, it's pretty rudimentary, but it's got a very dark feel, dark undertone to it. Um, You're not going to say a funeral dirge at this point, but definitely something that sounds like it belonged to the dark ages, you know, heavy drum beat, but just and this these fifes playing these these notes but they're sad and they come slowly the, the the sounds of them and men and women aren't cavorting but they're gathering and you make your way into this this plaza this opening this square in in the old center of londinium at this point londinium is basically a a, a fortified town with timber uh it's got a you know a barricade around it um but it's it's a hill fort in the center. You know, there's a small fort at the center and then there's the town around, you know, at the bottom of the, the small hill. And that's where you're kind of in right now in the square. And about 20 minutes go by and there's whispers, but you're not able to make out any words. And remember, in dreams, images fly so fast and you're picking up certain faces and they they all seem concerned and and saddened and and heartbroken. And then suddenly coming down this the path from the fort itself is a lone figure and the figure is cloaked in an old, in a heavy gray linen cloak and it's it's huddled up around it's the hands are clutching it to its body as if it's cold and you are seeing some people's you know a lot of breath in the air now you're you're recognizing that it's definitely like autumn or some you know time in the winter uh and this figure makes its way down from the fort and comes into the center of, of, of the area of, of where this bonfire is. And it's f- throws the hood back and you see that it's more gays. Mm-hmm. Okay. She walks through the crowd, touching a, she touches a child as she passes, strokes the side of a woman's face leans in, looks at a man, kisses him, laughs, walks through them. Now you're starting to hear mumbles. You're starting to hear things. The 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 the, the whispers you heard um you know, they're now making more you're you're catching these words cuz oddly enough, it, the language seems foreign to you, but yet you're picking up madness, hunger, anger you're picking up like words that are starting to make sense to you and and it all keeps leading to this woman walking through this you know this now gathered probably eight nine hundred people 
um, and more still coming. And she she's making a round. She's sometimes she'll pass 30, 40 without even looking their way. And every once in a while she stops and you can see fear grip that person, true terror. And then she's moved on. Do you try to follow her? Do you want to stay where you are? Um, yeah, if I'm if I'm lucid dreaming, I think I'm gonna try and follow her a little bit. Okay. You you stay a few paces behind her, and after about ten minutes of walking through the crowd, and and again, it's still swelling. There's people coming. Um, she sees some stragglers that are coming in, and she begins moving quickly towards them. Um. And in a show of control, power, whatever, she points to the ground and, and, you know, at this one young woman, she points to her and then points to the ground and the woman falls to her knees. The the man beside the woman that entered this area, she he's, you know, she's maybe 17. He's a stout young man. He's probably like in his late 20s because, you know, you marry much different ages then. Yeah. Starts trying to he puts his hand out to more gaze and, and like tries to push against her and, and push her away. And she just looks at him and, and the man lowers his eyes all of a sudden. And with the word, he starts to back away and she calls out to the crowd that arriving late doesn't save you. In fact, arriving late just shows me what kind of cowardice and how weak and feeble you are. And she just bares her teeth and jumps on top of this woman. And everyone watches as she slakes her, thir- her great thirst in, in less than a minute on this body. Are the other people around or do I notice if they're vampires or are they all humans? They're all human. Okay. They are all, they all appear to be human. Cool. Um, Am I aware that this is a dream? Because this is a very odd thing for Horatio. He's not really a history student, so I don't think he in his life would have been having dreams about like pre-Roman England. Yeah, you um give me a give me a wits roll. Okay. Actually, better yet, what's your willpower? Uh five. Go ahead and roll willpower. Two successes, but a crit fail, so zero. Yeah, you're not, you're, as far as you know, you're where you need to be. Okay. I mean, I'm a vampire now, so I'm a little weirded out that Morghese is just kind of wandering around, but I I don't really know what to do with any of that. I'm certainly not going to try and save these people, but also being surrounded by people, I'm not going to be like, oh, that's what we're doing now, and like, line up like it's Golden Corral or something. Right, exactly. Um... After she's killed, after she kills this woman, uh, you see several other people in the crowd reach under their cloak and their 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 costumes, and they put on a mask. And the mask looks like it's fashioned to her face, like it's an image of her. And, and they begin following her. Am I dressed in 
my normal wear or am I no. in like period attire? Period garb. And do I have one of these masks also or? Uh, you reach under your clothes. You do not have a mask. Okay. In that case, I am going to try and see if my uh, off- second level obfuscate that lets me just kind of disappear unless I do something to draw attention is able yep. to work. Okay. And I'm going to try and follow what's going on with all this, but I'm going to try and do it more more stealthfully. Okay. You begin, so you, you believe you've blinked out. You You are of the mind that you are now fully out of sight, out of mind. Uh, what, what happens is she, she walks the crowd again for another few moments, not nearly as long as the first one. There's a, a young boy of about eight. She just snaps him open in front of everyone. The mother begins to wail. The father slaps the mother. He just looks at her and he pulls the woman away. Um, the feeding goes on and another 30 or 40 people pull out their mask and put it on. And begin following. You f- you get the sense, Doctor, that the mask is imitating the creation of more vampires. Like, they're saying that she could has a great hunger. She has could have many children. Like, they're now following her. Okay. They're not feeding per-, per se, but you're getting the sense that she is through this ancient rite, putting it out there that after she passes by so many people, you know, she could, if I wanted to, I could have all of these people feeding behind me. I could have vampires everywhere crushing you and killing you. Hmm. It, But it's only me. And this goes on for a little while, and then finally you break out of the dream um, and when you do almost the whole town is masked and she's her whole, her garb is covered in just blood that had spurted and, and blown out of the bodies that she had affected. And she's, um, she probably fed on like nearly a dozen people and she makes her way up t- back towards the fort. You see all the masks just watching her up there and the masks far outnumber those that are not masked now. I mean, she, you know, or, or let's put it this way. They're damn close. Okay. It's, it's like 50, 50, probably when you look and she goes back to the fort and the braziers die down in front of the fort and the door closes and you get the sense that the door has been closed for a, like it's closing again for a long time. Okay. So like she comes out once every great while gorges and then goes back to wherever that door goes. And it's been going on for a long time. Okay. And is the door closed all the way, or is it closing? Yes. Okay. No, it closes. All right, so too late for me to try and slip through the door with my not exactly slippable girth. Um, well, it's also, like, in the dream, you stayed at the bottom of the stairs. Like, for some reason, you didn't actually, as lucid as you as you were, and, and you were able to follow, this was, a like, this was your brain giving off symbols and things that you've heard and conversations and memories from the blood. Okay. You you have very much to the Assassin's Creed point. Vampires hold some racial kindred memory. That's why the families gravitate to each other. Like bourgeois, they may be from all different walks of life, but they're bourgeois. You know, they're they're Tremere, they're Toreador. They they have a similar calling. Go all the way back, and you all come from 
one of the children of Cain, mm-hmm. you know, Toreador Lasombra. So <clears throat> yeah, there's there's definitely some racial pull. And at that point, you're you stopped, but you definitely feel like, wow, holy crap, this is all coming through to me now through the blood and through the the vampirism I've been affected with. And and you're sensing that something like this has happened, like you said, before and many times before. Okay. All right. Yep. And um yeah, I will I will try my best to hold on to that dream so I can tell um Agnes about it in the evening when we awaken. Excellent. All right, Paul, back to you. Um Yeah, you uh you you huddle to a corner, I would think, right? How are you gonna get it? You don't wanna let this thing keep you in the center of the room, I'm sure. What would be your uh your actions at this point? Because it is about ten AM. So here's a question. Um Sure. In in Vampire the Masquerade, mm-hmm. uh, direct sunlight very very bad. What does happen when they are awake during the day in a dark space? You're fine. Um, okay. You're you're groggy. Uh, you're not at your best, but you are no way in danger as long as you're in the dark. And again, uh, unlike Vampire the Masquerade, they talk about it. It's it's called aggravated damage. Okay. So for every, I think it's every twenty seconds, you're exposed to sunlight. Um, one second to 20 is one aggravated damage and so on and so forth. So it's not like you instantly burst, but gotcha. it's, but it, it's not fun. Damage you can't heal. Right? It ta- no, it's, yeah, it takes time. A lot of gotcha. time. Okay. Uh, is this laughing, shimmering piece of donkey's cock still present? No, it's nope. Gone. The pressure's gone. Everything in the room seems to have reverted. You don't even feel that pressure anymore. Gotcha. Okay. Um, do any of my sketches still have their tongues? You tell me. Some of them definitely would. Okay. Um, I guess yes. I'll go to the the most cogent. And uh, that was the one that was standing up before. <laughs> he okay. was back in the kennel. Well, good. Okay, so that means he he can take orders. Okay. Um, I'm gonna. <laughs> I'm going to lean in and try and be a somewhat even keel about this so I don't snap and just, you know, just keep folding him until it stops. Um, <laughs> or a gummy. Yeah, exactly. But just with less <clears throat> edges and more uh, fluids. And I'll lean oh. into him and just, what just happened? The, the, the door was open and I tried to get out. And you... You you heard me. I I I I didn't know you would. I I thought you might have opened it. I thought maybe you you would let you were letting me go. I swear to you, that will never happen. What did you just see? Well, can I say as a GM that really doesn't give me a lot of reason to want to tell you what he saw? Oh, I understand that. <laughs> Like I said, I'm very restraining. Yeah, but it, but I said it really softly. Oh, did you? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, like yeah. <laughs> okay. Do you give me? I, a, I don't uh... really expect this to work, and then I don't really expect him to be like, "Oh, well, I was taking notes. Let me tell you what happened." So I'm I mean, just kind of. You know. I think that's great. You're not getting out of here. Now, what happened? Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ! Yeah. <laughs> uh I'm not some sort of kidnapper holding you for ransom. Goodness <laughs> yeah, gracious. Is, yeah. I'm an artist. Uh, yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, the... Mm, what's your charisma? Charisma is two. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> All 
right. Yeah, give me a roll with charisma. <laughs> Try something. Okay, cool. Just charisma. All right. Yeah, for now. Because <laughs> okay. you are leaning real in, so you're big facing him rather. Phantom of the Opera esque, and I mean yeah. the old Lon Chaney Jr. one, the old Lon Chaney one, not the the original oh, yeah. one. I'm not very oh. attractive at all. Okay, no, I'm not saying you're that ugly, but here we go. A four and a one. <laughs> he just cowers there, and you know, he's just like, I, I don't, I, I don't know, but stop hurting me. I'm not hurting him. Am I hurting him? Well, not right now. Oh, 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 you mean the whole process of turning him into his... I gotcha. Yes, I'm definitely hurting him. Okay, I'm, I'm just going to put on the sweetest smile. That's never going to happen either. And I no. guess I'll just turn his cage around so it's facing the wall. Oh, he's in a timeout. Oh, he's in a timeout. He did <laughs> wrong. If I had a dunce right. hat, I'd put it on top of the cage, yeah. Um, I don't know. Give me a second. Let me make a willpower, make a willpower roll for this guy. It's not great, but the um, you do hear thumping from in, in the kennel, um, and it, it is vibrating, and it's pretty it's pretty rhythmic. It's in his kennel or in one of the other yeah kennels? the kennel his kennel the one you just spun around. Okay. Um. Okay. I guess I'll uh, I'll spin it back around and look through the door. His forehead is bloodied, and he seems to be trying to slam his face as hard as possible into the cage. Okay, I'll I'll see if I can presence him to uh, to sleep. Okay, to calm down, you could do sure. Yeah. Okay, so you're doing um, you're doing awe again, correct? That would be awe. Yeah. With this one, I think I'll, I might beef this up because I, I, you know, I, I don't want to break the eggs before I make the omelet. You know. I understand. Yeah. I, I he got he's getting to that point where. The nightmare is not going to stop, so maybe it's just better to stop it. I think that's kind of where some people get there. Some people keep hanging on for hope, but I think you were pretty adamant that there is no I was, hope. I was. Yeah, that's good. So maybe not sleep. Maybe more like forget. Okay. Or, well, how so does that work? Yeah, is, can I? I can't be like forget seven well, days. What, yeah. What? Well, no. What do you? Your total level in uh in presence again is what? Two. Two. So you have the ability to either awe him, which makes him follow your you know every like all it's kind of like when margot robbie walks in the room and everybody just stops and stares right so okay. that's kind of all dread gaze makes him fear you yeah i feel like he's he probably fears me i, I don't think there's vibe. any doubt yeah okay yeah. so all you right. can you Let's can margot robbie him but yeah so yeah. um oh shoot close the book. that was the role we made you had to make before but let me just remind you of the Last time it was charisma Charisma plus performance? I think so. Charisma and performance. Okay, cool. All right, so that is a five. Okay. See if I can beat a four and a one. Okay, five, ten, six, eight, four. Yeah, he's, uh, again, he's in awe. He kind of backs away from hitting his face into it, realizes that you're an incredible power that shouldn't be screwed with, um, and and settles down for now. Excellent. I'm going to make a mental note to um, pad the insides of these cages. Ooh. Yeah, and okay. or pinion the sketches. Oh. Whatever's cheaper. Probably pinning the sketches, but, you know, <laughs> if maybe not every sketch 
you know, some sketches are more valuable than others and you want to pad the cage. Uh, that's yeah, fine. Yeah. And some yeah. of them are absolutely not mobile. Yeah. Right. Um, how, where do you, you need to rest at some point. So how do you want to try to do, you're just gonna, the box itself, you know, has been messed with, uh, in some aspect, the door, the, the door is not sturdy. It's the, the, the lid is now somewhat mangled from your chopping away at the hinges and the, I mean, it would, it would sit over it, but it is loose. I mean, it's not going to lock properly, uh, cause the whole one side has no hinge. Yeah. Um, what I might do is is there's there's the scene in Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas where Johnny Depp is kind of his his character Raul Duke is kind of at the edge of his sanity when um uh Oscar Acosta is in the the bathtub and he kind of climbs onto his bed and just crawls under a cardboard box. Okay. So I might, I might just kind of go under the coffin. Oh, the I box see. Or whatever it is and just kind of tuck that into a corner and just let that be the lid and just lie on the floor. Okay. Again, it's not the, it, you know, I've slept in mausoleums before. This isn't yes. like, you know, I, I don't need to speak to the manager. No, no, of course not. Yeah. So as you fade off uh, and we leave Ashenbrenner this evening, uh, well, during the day, uh, it's about 11, 11, 15 by the time your eyes finally close. They get so heavy, you just can't help it. But you do seem to hear off in the distance the soft chiming of bells. Oh, God. Boom. And that's what you go to sleep to. Is it my meat pig's church? Can I recognize that? It sounds like your meat pig's bell. Okay. Ooh. Ooh, you poltergeists. Ooh. Oh, man. Rosamond is going to get a groggy. groggy <laughs> Rosamond! Oh. Yes. No, that's Ashley Brenner screaming outside the shantry. Yeah. <laughs> Rosman! Just eyes half shut, looking like a, oh God, yeah, it's looking like Ren. It's going to be great. If you need anything, you know where to find me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be seeing you tonight, most likely. <laughs> so, yes, Ashley Brenner definitely has some sort of, some sort of situation going on with certain members of the dead not being pleased at the moment. Yeah. But we'll find out what that is. So, uh, Rosamond, over to you. The body is there when you awaken uh, the next evening. By about 10 p.m., you and Grimgorth are downstairs uh, making uh, the the ointments and the, the concoction that is necessary to put over the body, uh, into the mouth, over the eyes. Uh, it's all part of this, this ROM belief that First, you had to wash the body, then get that and prepare it. Because a lot of people think about gypsies. One of the one of the big falsehoods is is that you know because they live in caravans and and they 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 you know they they ride around and they don't really have homes or anything that they're very unclean people or that they may be an unclean you know their lifestyle doesn't allow for a lot of hygiene. That's actually one of the biggest fallacies. Gypsy, the Rob gypsies especially, um, are absolutely neat freaks. It's part of their culture. Everything is washed. Food, it, it very much almost like um, in um, in the Jewish culture, you don't cook and feed in the same pots and plates. There's there's all kinds of rules um, for their cooking and their and their housekeeping and their clothing. Uh, so yeah, th- there's there's a lot of things that go into this ritual that you definitely sense has a very rom feel to it. Uh, go ahead and just make me an occult and manipulation roll, but you're looking for eights. Oh, and you're wow. trying to cast the spell. 
Well, I know you have nine dice. You only need, you know. <laughs> well, one not eight. in manipulation. That's that's down. Actually, manipulation's down to eight dice. Okay, yeah. try to try to hang on with that, will you? <laughs> Ooh, I got a ten already. Oh, well, that's a one, so that cancels out. Mm. All right, I got two eights and a critical success and a critical fail, but those cancel each other out. So, but you still got two eights, right? Yes. Okay. <clears throat> so, the man on the table, late forties. Um, his fingers start to twitch, and Grimgroth is like, "I can't believe it, dude. Osman, are you sure you have no gypsy blood in you?" I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, uh, I, uh, she's just stuttering, and she's trying to think about her family tree, and she's like, "You know, my uncle twice removed married a scullery maid once, but I didn't." Focus, think focus. Sorry. Yeah, you start going off and, and the body, the, the hand starts to calm. And then when you focus again, it starts to pick up. It It's this one trembling, two trembling fingers. And they're kind of just, you know, just as if some, now it looks like they're trying to get purchased. Like the, the table is flat and smooth and it, they're trying to, these two fingers are as if it was trying to grab on, but it can't move its whole its whole arm or it's all of its digits at the same time. And it can't seem to remember how to breathe. So it's making these, these choking sounds. Um, I, I put myself in its line of vision and I go, it's all right. It's all right. Breathe in through the nose and inhale and I do that whole yoga inhale exhale shtick well Grimgout says to you I'm not sure it needs to breathe but it's trying to the action might help him settle into his form better but I he's still choking yeah I get just a, because he doesn't understand he doesn't like a, stethoscope thing I could grab like any type of device that can do you, that what are you trying to do with the stethoscope, the stethoscope? I want to hear if he has breath sounds because he even when someone's choking you may hear something shifting in the lungs and if that's the case then he needs to breathe or there's something blocking it if that makes any sense okay yeah you, you've got a very rudimentary type of system or device that you can use there's no heartbeat there's no air going into his lungs. It's 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 a muscle memory thing right now. He's just the body's just in reaction. Well, that tells me that tells me something. And I go, take it easy, friend. You do not need to breathe anymore. Just relax. <gasps> and it stops, and the fingers stop moving. Ah, damn. The eyes are following you. Oh, I'm, I put my hand over his face and do like a, follow, like follow my finger. Can you do that? Basically. It does it. Can you speak? Nothing. Can he blink? No. 
doesn't blink. Eyes are just, they're milky. They're not, you're not even sure they see well, but they are, they are trying to follow movement. How odd. No breath sounds, no heartbeat, which obviously good for the dead part, but all motion seems to have stopped except in the Oculus way. Hmm. Grimgroth's like, so somehow you've been able to imbue the corpse with some rudimentary power and and life and motion, but the spell here says it should be able to be compliant and, well, follow basic instructions. This thing doesn't seem like it's even able to move. Try to get it off the table. See if it can rise. Can you rise? Sit up? <laughs> Nothing happens. I'm quite puzzled. Perhaps there's something we've missed? No, it's probably as I feared. You don't have... You were able to use the words to some effect, and the ointments and things that we produced probably were enough to imbibe the spell with some power, but we're not able... We're not gypsies. We're not able to control the language. We're not, we don't know the proper inflections and tones. We don't have all the insights into the spell. So now we've... We have this. You better dismiss it. Here, and he hands you the scroll. At the bottom, you can dismiss them. It's a good effort, Rosamond, but it's as we discussed, it's, I just don't think it's enough. Hmm. I do as he says, and when the, the motion of the eyes stop, I turn to him and go, Would it be possible for us to use Romani blood in a different way? I was thinking the same thing. Rosman, I said dismiss it. I did. Why is it looking at us? He's still looking? Oh, yeah. Um, you know, that's a good question. Hmm. Uh. Try it again. I... Go ahead and give me a roll. Oh, great. <laughs> Am I gonna have a meet? Sixes. Uh, same, same type of yep. occult manipulation. Uh, four successes out of eight. No critical fails. Or successes. It's eyes. There's oozing because it's not blinking. There's still fluids up in its its head. Some things are there, but it's not going away. And as you say the words, it looks fearful, terrified even. But it won't dismiss. I think they're here to stay right now. What? <laughs> here, yeah. let me have the scroll. Of, of course. Thank you. There must be something we're not doing properly. Wash the corpse again. Bring over the water. We'll do it again. We'll start. We'll we'll wash the body of of the of the herbs and and the materials that we produced on it. Maybe that will weaken the hold here on the prime on our plane. We'll we'll try to clean everything off and then try to dismiss it. I do as he says, but if 
there's no objection from him, I'm going to take his hand. Even though it's not moving, I'm going to take the, the corpse's hand. Okay. Why? Because I want to. If he's afraid, I'm going to comfort it. Ooh. Really? Sure. <laughs> okay. You wash the body. He helps you. You dry, you know, they dry, he dries it off. He goes in. You feel the power of his magic. Like he starts to really cast his voice, you know, in that, you know, like very much um, Saruman on the top of the mountain, right? When he's trying to bring the mountain down. Yeah. 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 All that good stuff. And he's getting that big power in his voice. And you're there, you're watching. And you feel just the slightest pressure on your hand as the thing squeezes and its eyes stay alert. And it looks over, looks back at you, looks over at, at Gorgoth, looks back at you, and it's not going away. Granegus, he can still feel. Oh, excellent. The Grand Magus goes over and gets a very large saw. <gasps> And he starts walking back to the corpse. And that's where we'll close it out no, tonight. No, 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 no! <laughs> no! Oh, yes. No! Call Come the on! I, I want to meet this guy. <laughs> I didn't get to no, meet Machiavelli. No, he is my dead corpse buddy! This is Bobo, my corpse friend. Um, <laughs> I, call him, I, call, I call him Rich. <laughs> this, is a, this is amazing for him because if it's true that you were able to instill the, the the essence back into the body, but there's very little control. He wants to see how much fight there is, and there's other tests he needs to run. This is very Tremere. He's going to dismiss it with an axe. Yeah, with an axe. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I already lost Remy. Can I keep my Richard? Poor Richie. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say the magic eight ball says no. Um <laughs> but, from all of us here at the Bardic College and Hellfire Nights, thank you all for listening. Guys, great job tonight. Um, it's getting to be, it'll get very interesting when we get the group back together next time. But until then, stay safe, everybody. Stay well, and we'll talk to you soon. Good night. Night. Bye. Thank you for listening to Hellfire Nights. You can like, share, and subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts. To help support our network of real play adventure shows, please visit us at patreon.com forward slash the Bardic College. And for as little as $3 a month, you can get access to behind-the-scenes reels, interviews with players and storytellers, and exclusive adventures featuring your favorite characters from our shows.